Welcome to the Fileo Podcast. This is Troy. And Byers. And we are here with another edition of Late Nights at Blockbuster. We're here to celebrate the 25th anniversary of uh, one of our favorite films. This is one of your favorite films, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, obviously, Shawshank was was definitely in my uh, in my top five. And this is another, like, we're just going through Troy's top five. And, and <laughs> would this be in your top five? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely okay. in contention. Good, it's, good, yeah, good, that, good. It's, it's that high on the list. Yeah, no, we're talking about uh, Goodwill Hunting. It was released on December fifth of nineteen ninety seven, one day off from my birthday. So, um, not ninety seven, obviously. I'm older than that, but um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I always remember this one. We went and saw it in the theater um, on my birthday. So, um, it's directed by Gus Van Sant. Um, he did My Own Private Idaho, Finding Forrester, which is another favorite of mine and the psycho remake which uh, everyone has said is completely um unnessary in every way why why re- remake something like scene that for iconic scene? yeah and and do it to, to do it scene for scene i've still never watched it um because i've seen psycho so it's like i don't need to rewatch it with other people in it now plus so. i like showering so I don't need to watch Psycho <laughs> and be worried about such things. So. Correct. Um, it obviously stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams, Mini Driver, Stellan Skarsgård, uh, Casey Affleck, and I'm going to throw Cole Hauser in there because you might as well because that's like the only other person that probably is getting some screen credit and you know who it is. So I'm not going to do Cole Hauser dirty and just kind of cast him to the guy. side and skip the one guy that is remaining in that, uh, in the, that, you know, out of this cast, um, the screenplay is, uh, of course, famously done by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Uh, Damon goes on to do, uh, Jerry, which is a Casey Affleck movie that's directed by uh, Gus Van Sant. He also wrote uh, Promised Land with John Krasinski um, and The Last Duel uh, with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben Affleck did uh, Gone Baby Gone, which is an adaptation of a Dennis Lehane uh, book. Uh, the Town, uh, Live by Night, which is another Dennis Lehane book. He really likes Dennis Lehane because it's he's from Boston. And then, of course, uh, the aforementioned Last Duel. So... And if, of, you, uh, if, if you're just, I got to pause. If you're thinking, yeah. ooh, Damon and Affleck wrote Last Duel and they wrote this. Yeah, nope, don't do no that No comparisons, people. None. Zero. <laughs> Zilch. Nada. If, if you want to see a movie that's in my top five versus a movie that's in my bottom five, that's what that comparison is. Just throwing that they, out there. Ooh, don't ooh, watch wow. The Last Duel. One of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> I love when it came out that Ridley Scott uh, said that it performed badly at the box office to the fact that uh, people watch movies on their cell phones these days. And everyone was like, well, what if it's just a bad movie? It's a bad movie. <laughs> That's why I performed poorly. Because everyone that saw it said just what I just said to their friends. Right. Don't do it. Save yourself. Don't do it. Um, I can't remember how many uh, Oscar nominations and wins we had for E.T. I think it was the most wins that we had had in a while. I think they had like four or five for E.T. This got a lot of uh, Oscar nominations. It had Best Picture, uh, Best Actor for Damon, Best Actress for Minnie Driver, Director for Van Sant, Editing, Score for Danny Elfman, and Song Miss Misery by Elliot Smith. Uh, but the two wins, of course, uh, that everybody remembers, 
uh, our best supporting actor for Robin Williams and the screenplay for Damon and Affleck. So, so let's get kicked off with uh, what do you love about this movie, Byers? Um, I I can't think of a single movie that's really anything like this movie. Like it's so unique. Like I love more and more too. Like as much as I love Marvel and Star Wars and these great huge universes that we create, which are very cool to keep exploring. I also just love a good original story that's just mm-hmm. stands on its own merits all by itself. There's nothing connected to it. And it, this is so great. It's so unique, um, which is more and more such a rare good thing. Um, but the the interplay, the relationships in this movie are amazing and, and fun to dive into and think about. Um, Will and, and Chucky and his boys, you know, he loves those gorillas mm-hmm. uh, as, as Sean Warford them later um, <laughs> in the movie. And, and, and I love Sean, I love the, the therapy sessions with Will. Yes. It's just so real and gritty mm-hmm. that it's not, it's, it's great. I love it. It's messy. Yes. Um, and, and that's part of the point because life's messy. And so it, it's just a grounded, real movie that has some, some really cool themes and some really cool things to think about. So, yeah. Um, following suit with our Shawshank like obviously this is an R-rated movie and has uh, a lot of a lot of Boston language in it and so uh, if you don't know anything about it it has a lot of uh, cursing in it but like you said it's a very real movie uh, with a lot of um, I feel like even though it has a lot of cussing it doesn't it doesn't ever feel fake you know some 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 movies it's, yeah it's there for it's it's authentic yeah it's very like when you watch a british show you know that there's going to be some cursing in it because it's just kind of the way that that uh kind of is very real in their culture <laughs> it's the same way with boston because obviously <laughs> british they they kind of borrow a lot from the british being the one of the the first colonies to go in there but we're not going to get into a history lesson on the the, the language, uh, the etymology of uh, the colon, <laughs> the early colonies. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, I love Chucky, uh, Chucky's track suits. That's one of my favorite yes. things. Like that was very much a thing. Uh, <laughs> late '90s, early '90s, mid '90s, wherever you want to throw some uh, some track suits out there. Um, I, I love that Will's janitor suit has Bob on the name tag. It just seems very on brand that he's like, no, I'm not going to get a janitor like suit with my, like my own name on it. Like, I'm just going to borrow Bob's. Um, I, I love that Billy spends the first part of the movie in just kind of a, a drunken stupor. He's just constantly being woken up or like shoved to like, Hey, Billy, join the conversation, figure out what you're doing. So and then uh, Casey Affleck, um, or sorry, Morgan's face in slow mo when he hits oh, the guy in the yes. park. I had that in my uh, notes too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then later on, I, I love like Morgan's face as he's jumping in shotgun when Will is gone. Like he just he's he's been waiting for this day his whole life. Like the, he gets to jump up in shotgun because Will's no longer there. Right. And then of course, like. Uh, Billy's just sitting in the back, like, wait, wait, what, 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 what just happened? Like, did I miss the the opportunity to jump into shotgun? I had that briefly in Who Beef though, because I think Billy hops out of the car and beats the snot out of the shotgun. <laughs> I'm just saying. Are we sure? Are we sure that Morgan? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I also love the fact that it you can see Affleck's breath, like in that that scene. 
like where he smiles and he kind of exhales and you see how cold it is. He's in a t-shirt and his track pants and Morgan and Billy are in like um, tank tops. Yeah. I'm like, dude, they just make them different in Southie apparently because it's just freezing cold and they're just like, whatever. It's six in the morning. We're, we're, we're driving to work and uh, this is happening. So, um, I really love the end credits. These are things, of course, that I just couldn't put into anything. And I just I have a note about here. end credits too. Yeah. Okay. I mine mine comes up in musical score, but it is great. Okay, then let's wait and when we'll talk about it there, because you're right. You're right. Okay. Um Will's group of friends is like you you said this already, but like I, I just want to repeat it. It just seems super genuine. Like even though they're hard guys from like this hard area. Uh, they have these hearts of gold to want to like help out their friend, you know, and uh, we'll get into like, I'm thinking more specifically kind of at the end, whenever they give him the car. Yeah. Uh, but, but that Chucky heart to heart is really what gets to it as well. You, you can't like, if he didn't, if they don't have that, the right relationship there, that, that turns South really bad. Um, so yeah. And, and the last thing, uh, I love this movie so much that, um, I don't watch it every month. Um, <laughs> but I watch it at least like once or twice a year. And, but when I was in blockbuster, uh, me and, uh, this guy, Travis Caruso, we would put it on, um, normally you put on like a, a good, uh, kids movie or like a PG movie or something like that, that you can watch when uh, like, you remember how Blockbuster had like the TVs everywhere, right? Oh yeah. And, and we would have the little um, like preview uh, video going on. And so on really slow nights, we'd put on like, you put on like uh, Shrek was, was big um, at that time coming out and some other things like the classics, Goonies and a couple other things. But we would put the, um, we would put a, uh, Goodwill Hunting on the back TV, like where you would see like if somebody rewound a movie or not, or if there was something wrong with the with the uh, the tape, we put it on that one, and we would just sit there on really slow nights and basically watch Goodwill Hunting. Like we probably <laughs> watched it a good like fifty times, like between like whenever we would work together, me and this guy Travis. So do you remember Travis? Like he came and played football yeah. with us a couple of times. Yeah. So um, we, we he was obviously a big fan, and we would just quote it at each other constantly all the time. Like he would walk into the into Blockbuster, and we would just throw out a quote from Goodwill hunting like that was easily our our shared favorite movie um, and we would just watch it all the time so we definitely watched it way too much um for a, a movie I'm, of this you know i'm just glad that that turned into we would put it on the tv in the back i thought for a second you would say yeah we would just throw goodwill hunting up all around blockbuster sometimes we would get like really brave and be like if it was like really dead we would just throw it up on the big ones um so that we could hear it while we were putting away movies and like everything while we were closing down yeah so <laughs> and that, if somebody comes in you the makings of a why'd you get fired from Blockbuster? right exactly you're like um, well Whoa. we were watching goodwill hunting in the store well, and everyone knows, like, if somebody comes in, you just kind of go, all right, turn off the movie, wait yeah. until they leave. Yeah, kind of thing. So most of the time we watched it on the on the back TV, though. So um, let's get into uh, favorite scenes. I, I wrote down 30. <laughs> I told myself I had to get it down to 10. And then I cheated and said, and I think I got to like 15. 
I have 11. I got 14. Sorry, 14. 14. I'm at 14. Okay. All right. So let, why don't you uh, uh, lead us off and do the honors? Um, I I started off uh, the Little League game into the fight, even though it's kind of like I, I cheated a little because it's kind of two scenes. I mean, there's a little bit of a break there. Mm-hmm. Um, although I love the break part too. We'll get to that in some quotes. <laughs> um, but they're, they're so connected because they see the guy and they're talking about it. But, for one, right. I'm just like, why are these four? Combine Scott Pagley. <laughs> why are these four guys hanging out drinking beer in a little league game? For one, I right. just don't understand this concept. Like to watch McNamara. <laughs> take two, Mac. Take two. <laughs> um, it's just so weird. Um, but then at this this just craziness of hey, we're just driving. And I see this guy, and I didn't like him when we were, like, in kindergarten. So let's just jump out of the car and beat the snot out of these guys. <laughs> right. I just don't – this is just not a world that I live in. Um, but it, it it shows you the anger that's built up. When yeah. Like, he just has this waiting. I mean, it's very um, – it's not Banner-esque. Like, he's always angry. But, like, um, he's just waiting. Like, at any moment, he just has this in him to just pummel this guy because uh, there's so much built up and and i really do have my notes i love the slow-mo especially morgan's face <laughs> literally right there in my notes because it is it's so good um so that was my first one i had uh, just a little bit before that like him like meeting his buddies at the bar um after he like you see him uh as as a janitor and he's looking at the equation and he's kind of writing it he's kind of you can tell, like, you, I've watched this enough times, like, he's, like, getting a mental picture of it. Like, he says later that he doesn't have a photographic memory, but, like, it's pretty obvious that he does, right? Because he he pulls these things, and then he goes home, and he, like, writes them on his mirror, and then solves them, and then kind of, like, takes a snapshot of him solving it so that he can, like, go back to the chalkboard and do it again. So I had that one as my first favorite scene, just kind of the, like... You know that he likes going out with his buddies, but at the same time, there's things that like he's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to call it a night and go home and do some math equations. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you really know who you're who you're thinking about here, or you or you really know um, what what the character is all about. Like uh, in that scene, it's a good intro to him. So well, and it shows that good juxtaposition of these two. Like, yeah. he's this incredibly, I just unbelievably smart guy and yet he's also this like kind of hooligan person who hangs out with these guys so there's a good little contrast there um the next one i have is the harvard bar um which is just amazing um spoiler this is my favorite scene in the whole movie (laughs) i love the harvard bar scene i'm just gonna throw it out there now i got like nine more this is my favorite um just owning the guy yeah Um, just literally shutting him up leaving him nothing and and i love uh chucky and morgan like behind you know how do you like me now yeah. <laughs> um you know and my boy's wicked smart like just they're just piloted on having fun yeah um it's just great it just and again it shows you those two sides like he is so smart that he just destroys like this harvard grad student person like no mm-hmm. problem like without breaking a sweat it and and yet he's also ready at a moment's notice be like, Hey, we can go outside and take care of this if you want. And like means it and could do it too. Like, right. Just a good contrast again. So. Uh, I, the one I had before that um, is silly. And I, I can't believe that I, I took out other scenes to get to this one. 
but the Chuck I had a double burger uh, scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very quick scene, but it is like I wanted to write it down in quotes, but it just went on and on and on and on. And I was like, no, I can't do that. I, can't I got do part that. of it in quotes. I, you did? I, okay. I, yeah. I cut it down to my favorite part, but yeah. There's so uh, much of it you can't say on here too that we don't. Right. <laughs> I would right. say more, but I. So that's why I just decided to go. You know what? I can't do a lot of those in quotes, so I'm just gonna throw it in favorite scene because I love it so much. Yeah. Chuck, I had a double, double burger. <laughs> I know what you ordered. I was there. So. All right. So last time I said that I only know uh, two voices, and that's uh, Arnold and Yoda, and they kind of flip in there, but. I'll do a little bit of Boston from time to time. There you go. Yeah, you got a third one. <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> um, next one I have is uh, defending himself in the courtroom. Like, yeah, it was just funny. Um, he's saying things that the lawyer doesn't even understand. Uh, what? what? <laughs> Quoting <laughs> like from Quoting the pulpit, these ridiculous, 1875. Yeah. yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> like, and it shows you like, it's not just math. Like, yeah. This guy is just so stinking smart. Like, sees everything, remembers everything. Um, and it's just cool to watch. And and just, just watch the lawyer trying to trying to get him into jail just feel, like, completely lost. Right. Um, just as lost as the Harvard guy did in the bar. Like, this guy's clearly the smartest guy in the room, every room he goes into. So. And then the judge recognizes it, right? And goes, like, it, I'm it just looking at your care. rap sheet. And he's yeah. just like... I, I don't care. Like this is like you might have like fooled the rest of them, but you're not gonna fool me. Like yeah. yeah. So I had both the Harvard bar and that as well. Um I, I kind of put the the arraignment and the the release, like him talking with the uh, with uh Lambeau uh in the in the interrogation room. Um yeah. so I put those together. But the next one that I had was him going through all of the therapists before Sean. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just kind of, I kind of, I kind of smashed them all together. Right. George Plimpton, the, uh, the hypnotherapist guy. And then <laughs> is, is there another it's just one? Just those two. It's just those two. Okay. Yeah. yeah I kind of put those it two It feels together. like more. It, I always think it it's does. more. And then yeah. I watch them like, oh no, it is just those two. Yeah. So I really like both of those. Like, even though they're ridiculous. <laughs> I just love how he messes with them. Like Yes. Yeah. When they're getting to Sean, like he's trying to warn him, like, he'll probably read your book and stuff. Like, yeah. Like just reads their books, messes with them, toys with them, starts yeah. singing to the hypnotist. <laughs> Great. Um, the next one I have is uh talking to Sean on the park bench. Yeah, um, and so I started. Just... I started putting numbers to these um, wow. because I was just like, "Oh, how many said he has five sessions with Sean or wow. six six se sessions with with Sean?" So, yeah. So I counted that as the second one. If you're keeping score at yes. home, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one where Sean takes him out to the park bench, yeah, um, and just lets him have it. Oh like, yeah, just lights into this kid, which is like so unexpected at this point, especially because like. Mm -hmm. the prodigy that we have yep. you know oh like lambo's just kissing his butt the whole time and trying to get his buddies to, to do all this stuff and sean's like no no i'm just getting real with this kid um, yep. and just calls him out and kind of owns will like leaves will with not much to say say and mm -hmm. so 
which as we've already seen from the Harvard guy and the judge and all these other places, like yeah, Will talks his way out of everywhere because he's smarter than everybody. But right, Don has some some realness, some grittiness that there's no answer for. Like right. this is this is how it is. And so it doesn't matter how smart you are, you can't you can't talk your way out of these things. So love that yeah. scene. Yeah, and and it's funny because Lampo knows enough to put Sean in the room with him, um, but still like wars with himself afterwards that he did the right thing. You know, yeah. when they get into their fight later, it's just like, no, you you did. You're smart enough to know that like this is the guy that's going to be able to get through to him, and he's he's doing it. You know, so I had the the fourth after that was the fourth session with with Sean. And uh, I, I kind of like uh, subtitled it "The Farting Wife." Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're wondering which uh, which um, uh, which session uh, that one was, that that'll tell you everything you need to know. So you said the farting wife, and Lori started appearing over your shoulder. That's right, the and then she, she just scowled at me. Yeah, good timing. Yeah, good stuff. She thinks that I'm talking about her, but I would I would actually subtitle that "The Snoring Wife." I thought it'd be the belching wife. Come on. Now. That too. The belching snoring wife. So. <laughs> Is that the one where he tells the pudge story for the first time? No. So. Um, uh, that's the next one. That's the fifth so. one. I think pudge that's the, the fifth, fifth one. one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, well, the next one I have is the fifth counseling session, I think, um, where Sean tells the, the story about Pudge, about Carlton Fisk's home run. Um, I just love the way he tells it because, like, yeah. you think he's there. Like, he, you know, he starts talking about the game and then. Oh, you know what? Well, did you rush the field? And he's like, no, I wasn't there. I was in a bar. I was in a... <laughs> he was like, what? Um, but it's just, it's awesome. Um, and that's where we get the famous, you know, had to go see about a girl line yep. that comes up multiple times the rest of the movie. So, so yeah. and it's just, he does such a good job telling the story. Yeah. They, like you're hooked. Even just, I, I've watched this movie, not as many times as you, but I've watched this movie a lot. <laughs> um and like, I mean, I, and I know this story anyway. I mean, like I know right. this hit, I know, you know, this sports story. And yet every time, like I have to stop and watch, like I'm, I'm zoned in. I'm, I'm, I'm in on that scene. I'm all the way. So yep. it's a great story. So. Yeah. The, uh, the next scene I have after, I think it's after that is uh Skylar and Will's pillow talk. <laughs> um, it's silly. I need. I, I really wanted to have a Skylar scene in here because I love their interplay, but some of the other ones, the, some of the other scenes just kind of overpower their relationship in this movie. And obviously it's a big relationship. Um, it's the one that kind of like, it's not, it's not as important in the scope of the movie as him and Sean, um, but it's obviously like he, he feels so much for her that he's willing to, to to take on that relationship and go out there at the end like so obviously it means a lot to him and so um i wanted to put something in here and i love just uh mini driver like <laughs> sitting there uh, shaking a magic eight ball talking about will i play in the nba it is decidedly so i'd like to wear shorts hook hook dunk dunk <laughs> I've got some of those in my quotes, but like just to give you context of which one I'm talking about, uh, that is that's the scene that I'm referring to. Um, next one I have to, after that is uh, Chucky taking the meeting for him, pretending to be Will, going to the yep. meeting with his high water pants and his amazing white socks. 
Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. And look, it's there's some great quote material in that one that I can't get to a lot of, but the whole retainer, yeah. retainer, <laughs> like. He's just Do so... you want cash right now? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Allegedly, <laughs> great stuff. Um, and that 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 scene will come up a couple more times before we're done. But I love yeah. it. Uh, I had one right before that, and it's something that I um, I didn't really like it a whole lot, like um, the first couple of times I watched the movie. But Sean and Lambeau meeting at the bar and talking about Will's uh, future and kind of talking about um, the two different paths, the divergent paths he can take, right? You know, um, like Sean brings up the Unabomber, uh, Ted Kaczynski, and... Um, uh, who does uh, Lambeau uh, bring up? He brings up Einstein, right? No, it's some uh, other unknown. Oh, stuff. it's the it's the guy that lives in the uh, uh, in the jungles, right? Yeah, or India or something. Okay. Yeah, or India. Okay. So um, it was. It's just. Uh, it's good to see them like guy. Like these are people that are kind of closer to our age now. Like than like Will and Chucky, like you know, I mean that was gross. Why'd you have to say that? I, don't know. I know it's true, but that's just, but just, feels but awful. just kind of thinking about that and, and how you can influence people and and kind of uh, be a good leader and and like kind of help people through tough times um, as they as they go through that process, you know. And they're always talking about like, oh, if you push them or if you don't challenge them and things like that. I, I really like that that discussion too. Yeah. That is cool, you know, just trying to find that balance. Um, mm. it's a, it is a good discussion. Yeah, because, um, I mean, these guys are talking about people, uh, kids that aren't, like a kid that isn't there, uh, or a, a person that isn't their kid, but they're treating them like a kid, like, yeah. they, like they would their own kid, you know, so. No, that one's definitely, it's definitely something that grows on you, because like you said, we're, when, when we first watched this movie, we were Will and, you know, right. we were that age, and now now we're not um because we're old so we're we're the other we're the old guys in this movie now i don't i still don't like that but that's true <laughs> um the, the next one i have is a uh, will's meeting with the nsa um i really like how it transitions from him talking to the guys at the nsa to him talking to sean in the therapy session it's just really cool yeah like a good um, like a good like pan into that like yeah. at, he starts the he starts the story in, in one place, in one set of clothes, and then finishes it in the other, right? Yeah, it's just cool. And it's a good story, um, like just the way he goes through it. <laughs> well, why shouldn't I? Well, let me give it a shot. And it just, <laughs> once again, just throws out this thing that leaves everyone in the room speechless, probably. I mean, we don't get to see it because it transitions to Sean. But like, how right. do you respond to that if you're the NSA? I don't, I don't think you have one, so. Yeah. Especially since the guy's so self-assured and gives him the line of like, well, what reason wouldn't you have for like, working for the, the NSA? NSA. <laughs> like, well, I, wouldn't even... I don't like uh, eating North Atlantic cod with Quaker State, so I don't want to work for you. <laughs> uh, I had uh, Chucky's taking Will, Chucky taking Will's meeting over at McNeil uh, as well. Um, but my next one is Will and Chucky's heart to heart. I kind of skip a, a decent amount of the the movie, like in between there. Um, uh, Skyler leaves, 
right? Because that's the beginning of their their heart to heart, right? Is he yeah. tells him, he just kind of finds out matter of fact, like, or he just finds out by kind of asking, hey, how are things with you and your your lady friend? And oh, she left, you know, it's just like how Will's just kind of treating this whole thing, you know, but um, and so I, I really love that scene. Uh, because as we talked about at the very beginning, uh, it, really good friends can talk through those things. And then he, Will thinks it's going to be the, oh, I owe it to myself. And he's like, no, you owe it to us, you know, to not sit there on that, that, uh, that winning lotto ticket. So yeah. it's a great scene that the next one I have is, is the, it's not your fault which which most people mm. would probably think is kind of the emotional apex like the big but it's actually him and chucky talking like that's yeah. really the moment where it starts to shift and starts to like without the talk with chucky like he doesn't have the breakthrough moment with sean like mm. mm-hmm. like that's really what starts to swing things that way is that he starts to open up to this idea that there is more to his life and there could be more and yep. so that's what kind of gets that ball rolling so that he can have the it's not your fault moment with sean yep you know, is that the Chucky's the one that's kind of opened that up to him a little bit more and yeah. make him see that. So, um, and, and I, I can't remember if it's right before that or right after that, that's when Sean kicks him out because he says like, Oh, well, that's great, Sean. Like, yeah, I want to be a that way you can, Yeah, they, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had that down and I had to cut it. And so he, he kicks him out. And so it's kind of like, he feels like all these people are kind of turning on him when all they're doing is trying to like guide him in the right way, you know? Yeah. So, but when Chucky tells him, then he's willing to like, that's, that's Chucky when can it's, say whatever. it's really, it's, yeah. It's Chucky. Like they have that relationship, but it's not, it's not gonna be anything. It's not, there's no manipulation involved because it's Chucky, you know? Yeah. And yep. so that opens it up, um, which leads to, it's not your fault, which is a very emotional scene. Like to, to say it's like one of my favorite scenes is weird. Cause like yeah. you don't necessarily mm-hmm. like rewatching the, it's not your fault scene. Yep. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's ugly. I mean, it's, it's rough stuff that they're talking yeah. about and going through, but it's, it's very important uh, to the movie. So I had to put it down. Yeah. And I had Sean and Lambeau's fight like right before it, um, because it, it kind of harkens back to what I talked about earlier is like, they're just kind of, they're in a battle for this kid's soul, you know? they're just constantly trying to lead him in the right way. And Lambeau just wants him to be his prodigy, you know, even though once we, once we find out like he's not his prodigy, he surpassed him. And he even says it like, there's only a handful of people in the world that would know the difference between me and you, you know, and it just keeps him up at night. So um, just a lot of that, dovetailing into the uh that will and sean final session you know and and it just feels so organic you know it's not this um i don't know the it you can tell they have that shared they have that shared um experience right that really kind of gets to the end and unlocks it yeah you know um you might not get that if if they don't share that you know so true and it's good that they've given us so many sessions Mm -hmm. like that we've we 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 get a sense that they have built a bond you know right like if this was like oh this is the second time we're actually seeing the meet then it feels contrived and forced right 
like, oh, well, we're supposed to have a breakthrough in the movie. But like you said, it feels it feels real and organic and natural by that point. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, I just have the end. I really I yeah. love the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he steals Sean's line. Yep. Um, by going to see a girl and uh, gives Chucky his wish. Yep. And, and I do. I love I love Morgan running around the car, even though I make fun <laughs> of it. That Billy would hop out and just punch him in the face and be like, I'm getting shotgun. So, right. <laughs> would be more words than that. But even though this is a rated R movie, we're trying to give it a PG-13 yeah, podcast. Right. So. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I couldn't believe I got it down to 14. So I'm proud of us that we were able to at least take a couple of those off so that we probably uh only got 14 total so. we didn't just walk you through the entire movie which is yeah. what, what we'd we, rather do it was really hard so. not to right so all right let's rattle these off uh for Drax. Whew. i got mine in order like pretty pretty good so. nice um my first one you already mentioned you already uh, double burger double burger <laughs> Chuck guy had, had a double, a double burger. burger. <laughs> there's there's so much more in that scene that's I mean the I know yeah. what you ordered that you <laughs> we'll put your sandwich on layaway. <laughs> it's like your mom bought your couch. Payment plans. Yeah. Uh my first one was uh out of boy Mac, take two, take two. Like just like <laughs> Will really getting like we already talked about them like why are they there? Do they know anybody? Like any of these kids at this little league game? Like, why is why is Will getting so excited about this kid uh, stretching out a double? You know. So. Yeah. Um, I love Lambeau after they put the the problem on the board and somebody solves it, and so that the class is full, and he's like, he goes so so over the top here, like yeah. so. So without further ado, come forward, silent rogue, and receive thy prize. <laughs> He plays the MIT professor like so you good. like so, like I, I I was just like yep this is exactly what that guy would would seem like like yeah. you know so and it just keeps it going because at the end of that scene he's like let this be said the gauntlet has been thrown down but the faculty have answered and answered with vigor that was the <laughs> next one that I was gonna go with yeah like, who are you <laughs> who talks like that. <laughs> However, my colleagues and I have conferred. <laughs> I just love the way he says that. I don't know why. I'm such a dork. Uh, all right. Uh, Chucky, as they get into the Harvard bar, yeah, time out. I'm going to have to go bust a little move on them Harvard honeys down at the bar. Book some magic. <laughs> oh, those of you listening to the podcast and not get the visual of Troy doing doing some chucky there by the way made it 10 times better for me um i went when they're walking into the bar as well where chucky's like this is a harvard bar i thought there'd be like equations and stuff on the wall (laughs) chucky approaches uh skylar and her friend and goes oh hello and she goes oh hello do you come here often oh i do come here often Uh, i come here a bit uh i'm here from from time to time Oh, and then I already I already said this is my favorite scene. So Will starts going off. You know, the the snotty Michael Bolton clone comes over, starts talking his trash, and uh, Will jumps in and goes, "Of course, that's your contention. You're a first year grad student. You just got finished reading some Marxian historian, Pete Garrison. Probably you're gonna be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon, and then you're gonna be talking about how 
The economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's going to last until next year. You're going to be in here regurgitating Gordon Wood, talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization. Well, as a matter of fact, I won't, because Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social... It just jumps right in. Wood drastically, yeah. <laughs> Wood drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. He just stops for a second on Vickers. It's great. Right. Work in Essex <laughs> County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. We're going to plagiarize the whole thing for us. Do you have any thoughts of your own on this matter? Or, or do you, is, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passages and pretend you pawn it off as your own idea, just impress some girls, embarrass my friend. It's, it's, it's one of the greatest, like, just shut down, shut up and walk away moments ever in a movie. Yeah. Just, I mean, we watch sports movies, and I've never seen anybody get owned this bad in a sports right. movie. Even like this is just right. so emasculating. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is the like where he finishes it up, uh, where he goes, "Yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-through on our way to a skiing trip." And him and his his uh, cronies think that that's like a really funny uh like come back and he goes yeah maybe but at least i won't be an original <laughs> like <laughs> like that's all that matters to him right yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. and then we get uh followed up by uh you already uh said it but the how yeah how you like me now oh and, yeah and my boys my boys wicked smart from Just morgan makes, makes the scene yeah uh before we move on from that one are you going to move on from that one I have one more, more that's still Okay, go for it. Bar. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Oh, when Skylar finally comes over and, and it's like awkward and Morgan doesn't even, I swallowed a bug. <laughs> I love that. Like, that's one of my favorite. Uh, um, and then right right after um, she goes, oh, there's my number. Maybe we can go out for coffee sometime. All right, yeah. Maybe we can just get together and eat a bunch of caramels. She goes, what do you mean? When you think about it, it's just as arbitrary as drinking coffee. Oh, oh yeah okay all right then it's <laughs> just like who did i get my number to <laughs> what is happening right now yeah um i like just after that they're it kind of jumps ahead in time but like they're leaving the bar and they see clark oh yeah the, the guy like, hey there he is and, and like they think they're gonna go beat him up maybe of course because it's these guys right we'll, we'll just tap some of the window do you like apples <laughs> yeah <laughs> slams the number well i got her number how do you like them apples so <laughs> uh, i love that you got you, you you turned boston for a second when you said bar but you you were <laughs> like in the in the previous quote but you're like yeah i was like oh he's gonna get number number's number. gonna get it i got a number number i can't i can't <laughs> i'm kevin uh, costner it doesn't stay consistent sorry <laughs> So uh, I've got uh, George Plimpton. Uh, He's the first psychologist. No more shenanigans. No more tomfoolery. No more ballyhoo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love him in that scene. Boom, boom. Yes, boom, boom. Yes, yes, boom, boom. (laughs) Lights come on, you start dancing. Uh, when uh, when they're trying to figure out who Will is before that, and they go down to the janitorial people, 
Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, Tom is is uh, Lambo's little assistant. <laughs> yep. Like they're talking. They're kind of the the the, uh, the maintenance staff is not being so friendly to the snotty professor coming down. Um, after the, the first, there's the in my building. Which one is your building? And Tom goes, <laughs> "This is Professor Lambeau." And the janitor goes, "This is Professor Hayes." Like, <laughs> don't get to me. Yeah, uh, I love whenever Sean's closing down his class and he goes, "All right, see you on Monday." We'll be talking about Freud and how he did enough cocaine to kill a small horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which in Sean's class, I believe, is actually the subject of their next class, right? Too. Right. Um, I love when Will gets arrested and calls Skyler um, and goes, yeah, this is Will, the really funny, good-looking guy you met at the bar. And she's like, doesn't ring a bell. I'm messing with him. He goes, all right, you got me. It's the ugly, obnoxious, toothless loser who wouldn't leave you alone all night. Oh, Will. Uh, I love in uh, in Sean's, uh, I think it's the first session. Yeah, it's definitely the first session. And uh, Sean talks about, um, or Will says something about um, working out. And he goes, oh, you work out? He goes, yeah, free weights, you? Sean goes, yeah, big time. And Will goes, what do you bench? And he goes, 285, what do you bench? And Will's just like quickly changed the subject. <laughs> and he goes, did you paint that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first sly indication that like will might have finally like met his match in some ways like somebody that can actually Mm -hmm. shut will up for once because nobody ever does it before yeah you got to worry about those compact dudes um, with short arms they can bench like crazy because they don't have to go up so far right right that's right there's there's some physics at work there that i'm doing way more work like yeah, all right, you yeah. just bench that much. If I bench 20 pounds with my long arms, we did the same amount of work because <laughs> I had to move that thing way further than you. Um, I love, I, I I tell people this all the time when I'm doing premarital counseling, but not this this exact wording here. But uh, Sean's talking to Will, says, you're not perfect sport. And let me save you the suspense. This girl you've met, she's not perfect either. But the question is whether you're perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's during that that scene right before he owns him on the park bench, but yeah, still good stuff. Going, going back to the first session as they end, he goes, if you ever disrespect my wife again, I will end you. You got that chief. (laughs) I love that one so much. That's like my favorite trash talk. I will end you. Not that I'm going to do anything about anything, but, uh, (laughs) no, but that's, that's like, that's what I would say. Exactly. By the way. Right. Like where I'm like, Ooh, Robin Williams has him by the throat, and it like this looks legit. You're yeah. a little scary in whole <laughs> new ways. Um, you already mentioned the you know my wife used to fart when she was nervous line, which is really good. But in that same one, he's got another one that says it. He's talking about her. He says it was those little idiosyncrasies that only I knew about, mm-hmm. um, which is just such a. It's an odd, weird look at intimacy <laughs> that yep. like his wife used to fart in her sleep, but like it's just cool. Like it's it's just real. Like that's just grounded. Just pointing those things out is really cool. Morgan and Billy in the car. <laughs> I just felt like I needed to get a little bit of everybody in here uh, just to get a little flavor for it. Maybe not hit everything, but just show, give everybody a little bit. But uh, Morgan goes, keep antagonizing me. Watch what happens. And he goes, all right, Morgan. All right. Like as he's like getting close <laughs> to him and almost like doing yeah. like trying to get him to flinch. Like, uh, it just 
really shows their their relationship and that they all love each other but they like to bust each other a lot a lot so. like I, I know that it's the affleck brothers but are we sure are we sure those two aren't related in the back like billy and morgan right like brothers this whole movie <laughs> they really do although apparently that's just casey affleck because him and scott Kahn pull that off in oceans so yeah too. yeah so Apparently, Casey Affleck is just everyone's annoying little brother. It's just, <laughs> I'm going to take that one. So, um, Will shows up. Uh, he wants to go hang out with Skylar, and she's doing homework. And so he like looks at it and then like comes back and tries to give her the answers because he, of course, can just look at it for two seconds and do it. And uh, she's like, where did you get this? And Will goes, oh, I had to sleep with someone in your class to get it. Tyler goes, I hope it was someone with open-toed sandals and really bad breath. Uh, Will and Sean, uh, I think it's the second session. Uh, or no, it's after. It's third. It's third session. You ever wonder what your life would be like if you never met your wife? And, and Sean says, would I be better off? And Will says, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. And then Sean says, no, that's all right. It's an important question because you'll have bad times, but that'll always wake you up to the good stuff you weren't paying attention to. That's a good one. Um, after, after he tells the Pudge story and they're talking about it, um, Will says something like, oh, it would have been really good to see that game, though, huh? And one goes, I didn't know Pudge was going to hit a home run. Like, right. After that great story. And how, I mean, it's true. Like, he wouldn't have traded it. But you can sense, like, all right, I'm going to admit there was still a little bit of disappointment that I didn't get to see that home run. Yeah. Yeah, so right before that, you mentioned it before, but I love the quote where he goes, who are these friends of yours? They let you get away with that? They had to. What did you say to them? I slid my ticket across the table and I said, sorry, guys, I got to go see about a girl. <laughs> Such a good line. Such a good line. Um, Chucky, when he takes the meeting, retainer, retainer, you want us to give you cash right now? Whoa, whoa, hey, I didn't say that. Allegedly, your situation for you would be concurrently improved if I had $200 in my back pocket right now. And I love the guys who responded. I, I don't know. I, I got I have $73. Will you take a check? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're suspect. Yeah, you. I don't know what your reputation is in this town. But after what you tried to pull today, you can bet I'll be looking into you. Now the business we have heretofore, <laughs> you can speak with my aforementioned attorney. Good day, gentlemen. And until that day comes... Keep your ear to the grindstone. Oh, it's just yeah, so nonsensical by the end. It's <laughs> right. Uh, uh. And they're just staring at him. But, you know, part of him's like, all right, well, he's supposed to be this genius. I guess right. he's kind of eccentric. So we just got yeah, Lembo, Lembo uh, vouched for him. So we've got to do it, right? Yeah. Yep. So I mentioned the magic eight ball before. And uh, Will goes, that's the same thing that just told you you're going to play in the NBA. Exactly. So look out. You'd better stop buying some season tickets. Oh, I plan to. Oh, I like wearing shorts. Oh, cook. Dunk, dunk. I'm tall. You're not that tall. Yes, I am. <laughs> she ends it with, baby, I'm on about three points. <laughs> oh, man. So good. 
so um, I I wrote down the whole NSA speech, but it's so crazy long. It's mostly just the end, though. Like he goes yeah. through this whole scenario with him, and then he gets to the end. He goes, "So what did I think? I'm holding out for something better. I figure while I'm at it, why not just shoot my buddy, take his job, give it to his sworn enemy, hike up gas prices, bomb a village, club a baby seal, hit the hash pipe, and join the National Guard. I could be elected president." <laughs> Uh, I'd love how timely that still is. Oh, you know, so like timely. every everything is still like that was very 1997 at the time, but it's still like still works. Very, yep, exactly. Will and Sean hug at the end, and Will goes, "Does this violate the patient doctor relationship?" And Sean goes, "Only if you grab my butt." <laughs> uh, all right. What you got is your favorite. Oh, it's it's the Harvard bar when he just yeah. owns the guy. Yeah. Um, quoting the page number of the book. Right. So that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. When he throws down the page number of the book, I'm just, oh, you just walk away now, Michael Bolton. Just walk away. Yeah. Mixed in uh, with the Affleck, how do you like me now? But Right. I think, I think that's the right one too. Right. And what's sad is like, I have most of that like memorized would drastically underestimate the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth especially inherited wealth <laughs> oh, oh goodness i yeah. read a book by by gordon wood in college and oh, like, yeah. every time i'd open i forget what class it was for but like as soon as i saw it wasn't that one was it, it was surveys just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry yeah it was good you should check it, it out good. you should check it out yeah <laughs> i couldn't read it without thinking about that though so oh i bet i i can only imagine um let's see here all right let's move on to recognize my face i only wrote down one because oh, yeah? when i found it i'm like i'm done this is going to win i cannot yeah. think of anything that could possibly jump into this movie that would top this because i had never i'd seen this movie plenty of times but i'd never made this connection because i never had the connection to make all right I, but, I know who you're gonna go so i'm gonna i, I have three more let's let's hear your no yours, yours, yours okay. is good it's yeah. it's lester yeah lester's in goodwill hunting <laughs> yeah like he yeah. popped up and i'm like oh lester yeah and i had to google make sure get on the yep. imbd is yep. that really lester yes it is <laughs> yes it is i just stopped i didn't even write anything else down after that moment so the janitor um that you mentioned before that says well this is professor hayes um <laughs> speaking to his colleague um his name's philip williams he plays Danny from Tommy Boy. He gets like two lines. Um, he's like in the shop when uh, when Tommy's coming through, um, and he he says hi to him. And then at the very end, he says something um, in the like uh, at like the victory speech thing. So I was like, "Is that Danny? Is that Danny from Tommy Boy?" And then I was scrolling through and found him, and I was like, "Okay, that's that, that's definitely one that needs to go on there." I love the uh, the uh, the judge. His name is Jimmy Flynn. This is like his only acting credit, so he must be like an actual judge. But he looks and sounds like Bill Simmons' dad. 
<laughs> I just had to I just had to put that note in there. Like he literally sounds exactly like him. I'm sure that a lot of Boston guys that age sound that way, but like it just like it just evoked that same thought process in me. And then George Plimpton. Like he's in a, a ton of sports documentaries. He wrote uh, Paper Lion. He his big thing was like he would go and Im- embed himself with a like a sports team, and um, he played in like a spring training game, like a preseason NHL game, a preseason NFL game. So he he kind of had he he was always in a lot of these uh, sports documentaries or or little NFL films and other things. Like I was just like. I didn't realize that until later after um and i was just like where did i know that guy from and then i started seeing him again in like the the old espn after school things that uh make you realize like oh i don't i have no clue who this guy was at the time but he shows up in all of these things so that was a recognize my face for me nice uh but i think 100 percent lester like if we don't ever say that anybody wins this category, but Lester like, wins. Lester man. wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Moving on to who beefed. Uh, I don't have much here, but there's a, there's a little bit. What do you got? I I got one. I got a least favorite scene here that I don't like very much. Oh, okay. And, uh, and you've been talking about it because the pillow talk. Dunk, oh dunk, hook, hook. no! I hate it. Oh, like you it. suck. I don't. She's just <laughs> annoying. Brooke's like, shut up, you're an idiot. Uh, dunk, dunk. How tall is Minnie Driver anyway? Even if even if she's six feet tall. Minnie Driver couldn't touch the net, let alone dunk it in the Correct. Okay. Yes. I'm just I like, think that's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't get funny. I just got, no, you're just dumb. No, no. Hook, hook. Uh, no, she's, I don't like she's, it. She's 5'10". She at least is tall for a girl, but yeah. still. Um. I mean, partially in most movies, this would not be the most annoying scene. But like when I'm like, all right, I got to find something that I actually don't like about this movie to talk about and who beefed. And so that scene's just kind of yeah. always been like, eh, I could live without this one. So yeah, sorry that I stomp on your favorite scene. Just kidding. It's all right. Um, so, so yeah, I'm so just not Matt. the biggest fan of the basketball discussion. We could skip those few minutes right there for me. I'd be fine. Yeah. I like their one in the... I like the magic trick when they're shopping, they're yeah. wearing the weird stuff and he throws the caramels yeah. over his shoulder and stuff. I like that one way better. So I've got um, pushing Skylar away, like whenever he like freaks out on her and she wants him to go to California with him and he just kind of, he loses it. It used to be my least favorite scene when I first watched the movie, uh, but it makes a lot more sense. Like as you like grow up and you kind of understand like what's going on with him like his attachment disorder and like being an orphan and all these other things like in the like the first time I will a couple times I watch it I'm like I don't get this and why does it like he's got a good thing why would he do that you know that's just a sensical way like yeah. the naive naive way <laughs> well in the whole like why are you lying about your brothers like what yeah. is this what is this mm-hmm. weird goofy lie about like it just seems yeah. like obviously you're gonna like this is gonna get you caught like there's no way to yeah. get around this at some point. So, but yeah. Well, and um, watching the, uh, I, I pulled out my Blu-ray and found some deleted scenes, and all of them were really good cuts, except for one. Like Minnie or uh, Skylar goes and sees Chucky, like at his house, and asks him about Will and why he lies about his brothers, and so you know that she knows. 
Yeah. Like the like she's not an idiot, you know. I think the way that they edited it and, and when they took that out, it makes it kind of look like she like she even says like you said, "Well, t- what about your brothers?" you know, and like all these other stuff. So, until the, that that particular scene, you know, and yeah. she just kind of pulls it all out. So, I mean, like you said, it's it's the whole attachment disorder thing. And like, so they're making a point. It, it fits with that too. Like mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff people with that do so that they do yes. have an out. Like mm-hmm. so that they're they're intentionally sabotaging themselves so that they yeah. don't get close. But I don't know. I still just didn't like it that much. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, if you were to edit the movie, what would you remove? I've got some of the, like you have these little day-to-day scenes with no dialogue. It drags just a little bit, but it's being super picky because like, if you take that out, what is it like a minute shorter? Yeah, that's not that big. big And partially we, we, I don't know, they might be necessary. So we catch our breath between some of the like crazy Mm, heavier stuff, right? Stuff too. Yeah. Um, And, and, and just the language, which can be brutal, which yeah. Don't think because we love this movie, you're like, ooh, I should watch this with my kids, okay? Um, <laughs> look, it's we talked about how organic and real it sounds, because it does. It's part of the whole, like, these gorillas. It's part of the point, but yeah, it, it can't go without saying. You know, something that hasn't aged well in this movie? What's that? A brief scene. Uh, Skylar's waiting at the air, airport, like, about to board the plane. Yeah. Yep. Waiting, uh, hoping Will shows up, and I'm just like, yep, post 9-11, those scenes yep. just don't exist anymore. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um she also has like the super long phone cord, um, like <laughs> landline in her yes. um, dorm room. And she's just kind of like walking and talking like, yes, this is how your parents talk to each other on the phone back in the day. Like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. This is what this you is had a big to do. Deal when we got a cordless phone, not a right. cell phone, a cordless yeah. phone in our house. Yep. Still couldn't leave the house, kids. Like what? <laughs> Um, another not aging so well thing I had written down was the, uh, the lecherous professor, like Lambeau just blatantly hitting on. Yes. It's just like, okay, Mm -hmm. you could have left that out. I mean, part of it's showing just how he's kind of a disgusting human being. You're like, oh, why doesn't Lambeau have a wife? Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Because he needs to redeem himself. Okay. He has no soul. Yep. I've got uh, a couple of plot holes or quibbles. I've got some quibbles. Uh, Skylar is looking at the dogs uh, with her her binoculars backwards. She's looking out the back end, like <laughs> you can just tell that there's a lot of acting going on in that instead of like just actually looking and doing the scene. Because she would, I mean, she obviously puts them up to her face, but uh, yeah, she would see very very tiny dogs. So, um, are we sure? That the car actually makes it to California. No I mean, I way. know they rebuilt this thing, no but I'm way. looking at this thing going, I'm not driving that across town, let alone across the country. Yeah. Like, yeah, he the, gets... real, the real ending of Goodwill Hunting is he breaks down when he gets to, like, Ohio and, like, can't go any further. Like, no, he has California. to hop on a Greyhound and, uh, and, and, and bust <laughs> the rest of the way, 100%. Yeah. It's a good engine. It's a good engine. <laughs> Uh, the lean over kiss um, in the uh, remember when she's telling or whenever he's telling no 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 that one's fine that one's no fine. that's the grossest kiss in cinematic history no it's disgusting yeah okay 
<laughs> number one, it's just gross to be making out with food in your mouth. This is this is gross to start with. And number two, well, they didn't make out with food in okay, their mouth. True, they it wasn't little, a make. Out. It was like a, sorry, it was like a little the make out expert. Hey issue. now, um, <laughs> I had to slip one in. Sorry. Yeah, you did. Um, they're not making out. It's 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 like one of the grossest kisses ever. Like this, you have food in your mouth. Why are you kissing each other? And then. The fact that you get some of their pickle, that's uh, pickles are what Adam and Eve ate that caused sin into the world. Okay, pickles are disgusting. <laughs> no, they're not. The grossest things in the history of existence. This is a weird food, uh, like phobia thing. Yeah, pickles uh, are awesome. Huge food phobia. Yeah. It's, they're gross. But I don't I don't want any of my wife's food getting in my mouth. Because that I is that it's is 100% like appropriate. Even yeah. my favorite food, that would be disgusting. When it's my least favorite food, it's double disgusting. So yeah um the the kiss that i'm talking about is like when they're in the ethic like outside the coffee shop uh it would seem because they both have coffee and he's t he's telling her about like how he does what he does oh, um, yeah. but she goes and she goes come here come here i have to tell you something and she has like this super weird lean over kiss and like it's just like all teeth <laughs> and like weirdness it's like you guys couldn't reshot that, like, or couldn't reshoot that, like that. That just looks super awkward. Yeah, lots of well, teeth. Well, she hadn't everywhere. seen Hitch, so she didn't know that he was supposed to go ninety, <laughs> and she's only supposed to go ten. So to go she 10? went to ninety yeah. instead, and it got awkward. So. Yeah, actually, she went one hundred and fifteen, and he went five, and that's what that's where all of this gets weird. Is that, is that she 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 didn't she's not a math major, obviously, because she didn't understand the uh, the trajectory of of how the kiss was supposed to take place. Um, the the last one I have on on quibbles, Sean says that they're having a, a, a seventy two reunion in six months. Isn't the scene earlier whenever um, they have the barbershop quartet and him speaking of him being like weirdo with uh, uh, with the uh, female students didn't wasn't that at the beginning of the movie was there 72 reunion. I thought so. Like but... they have the whole like banner and everything right yeah so, yeah although they're they're snotty like. MIT people or something so they probably just have like a reunion every six months like hey let's just let's just do another one we just need an excuse to hang out and drink let's 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 hang out right uh breakout performance this might be the easiest one we've ever done ever um these two guys maybe you've heard of them matt damon ben affleck yeah super easy you kind of think that they might um do some more screenplays you know, um, and that's why I mentioned like the screenplays at the very beginning. Uh, but then okay. they did another one together. I don't want them to do anymore. Okay. Right. Well, um, or or even separate. You know, like uh, Affleck's probably a little bit more like Gone Baby Gone. Um, he had a screenwriting credit on Gone Girl, which was a pretty like successful movie, or a very successful movie, I should say. Um, Gone Baby Gone was more of a critical uh, hit. I think that he also did the screenplay for uh, Argo. I think you're right. Yeah. So, um, and and definitely started doing some directing as well. And so um, I would think that I would have thought at the time, like, oh, these guys are going to write and star in a bunch of movies, but they just got so big uh, that they like that they couldn't, especially Damon um just never really went back to to writing as much affleck kind of fell back into that and because he wanted to write and direct some things so um before they were stars i have two i think uh, scars guard 
Yes. I think for sure. Like does yeah. this and then there's a lot of random stuff and now he's like everywhere. Like Yep. With with Andor now, there's officially like not a universe he's not in. Like some big <laughs> right? thing that like Scarscar's <laughs> not a part of. Um then Casey Affleck. I don't yes. know. It's yep. It's it's big enough to kind of star. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Oscar Oscar award winning Casey Affleck. Yeah. Big time. Okay. Just make sure. Um, yep. Yeah. I was I was just like does Casey Affleck count as star? Because like he's really good in some really good stuff, but definitely way too big for any kind of recognize my face stuff. So yeah, no, he uh, he won an Oscar um, for um, actor in a leading role for Manchester by the Sea. Have you ever watched that? No, it was pretty decent. Like he like in a down year, he definitely should have won. Um, he was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role uh, in one of my favorite titled movies, so I'm going to just say it again. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. He was the Coward Robert Ford in that movie. So, um, No, I 100% agree that uh, Casey Affleck needs to be in the... Uh, Before they were stuck. Yeah. He's definitely like not always leading man type stuff, but he's played it enough times that like iconic moment. I didn't have one. Like I've got the bar scene ending with do you like apples? That is up there. Yeah. That's probably pretty close, but I don't know. Like yeah. everything just intertwines so much in this movie that it's mm-hmm. hard to pick out like that one. This is the iconic, you know? Yeah. That would be up there or it's not your fault. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Yeah. But, yep. What about Jim Carrey, Emperor Palpatine, Unlimited Power, Over Actor Award? Uh, it's for Chucky when he takes the interview. It's Chucky. Yeah. That scene. By I got a little bit of Morgan okay. too. Morgan, Morgan's kind of coming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these things too. Yeah. But it, it's it's probably a close race between the two of them, like with their little bits, and then you get to that one, and Chucky gets a whole scene to just chew yeah. it up all by himself, and you're yep. like, no, winner. <laughs> the high water pants alone he's the winner right i really like the come over yeah. and the co- oh i forgot about the come over yes <laughs> it's so good uh i don't have much for the technical cinematography nerd stuff like i really like van sant's uh direction in this movie the way that he pieces all of the the uh the scenes together you mentioned it earlier like when when i talked about the uh the day-to-day stuff like it it really feels uh, like a lived-in world you know because of those things um so he he kind of recognized that as like hey we need to break this up with some other stuff and uh, uh but i really love the way he shoots the scene uh on the the pond or the lake or where um they have the second session where Sean basically like tells Will how it is, right? Yeah. He, like he pulls in like really tight on Sean and then like he pulls back away and Will's just kind of like this blurry afterthought in the scene until like he gets to speak again, but then it kind of goes right back to Sean. It's just, it's just a really cool way of like, it could have just been like Will looking at him like, like an, like an idiot the whole time but you're just looking at Sean because that's the focus, you know? So I really like that one. You have this like super smart, sophisticated answer on, on cinematography nerd stuff. And I have a note about the farting wife scene. So, you know, <laughs> um, if you watch it, 
the camera moves. You can see the camera shake because yeah. the camera guys actually just cracked up and couldn't help it. Like that was the first take of that one. And they're, they're cracking up so bad that the camera starts shaking around and moving. And they just liked how it looked after they looked at it. They're like, it works. Yeah. It works. Just leave it in there. It's authentic. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can tell like Damon's just like hyperventilating. Lost He's that, lost That should it. have been like, in contention for the Palpatine award too. His yeah, that's true. Could have, could have got some honorable <laughs> mention there. It's, a, it's up there. But it just seems so genuine instead yes. of like, like he, like, like Robin Williams is hilarious and he got him. Like he just got him so bad. He you got know? everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> um what do you what do you have for uh favorite song or score moment this is it's gonna sound weird to some people the end credits yeah i never turn this movie off i let the credits play all the way through i just like listening to the song it gets to the end and i'm just like i i just i love to just marinate in the, the yep. end of this movie so which song because it's the end credits start with miss misery uh miss misery okay and then it goes into afternoon delight <laughs> true and by then i'm just laughing but correct i've also meant the miss misery part yeah that's what i had lots of elliot smith um uh he's got a song a couple of songs in here or several songs in here to include miss misery which was uh nominated for an oscar um and then uh, what is what is the afternoon delight by it's like the starlight starland vocal band <laughs> Uh, I just love that it's just he starts singing it during the therapy session and they're like, you know what we should put in at the end credits after an end light. Um, but I really love before right before they start fighting with uh, Carmine Scott Pagley, uh, Baker Street starts like, do you listen to Dave Ramsey podcast at all? No, no. But so Lori listens to the Dave Ramsey podcast like more than anything on the face of the planet. And it has this like really like big like saxophone solo. And like <laughs> I can pick it out of anywhere now. Um, because she'll just like like go into her car and like we like turn on the car and it's just like And I was like, oh my gosh, is that Baker Street? Like right, like in the middle of like their like 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 Chucky's like really reaming out uh Morgan, like you better get out there in five seconds or we're gonna come back here for you. And like I'm just laughing. And then it's like the middle of the song. I was like, I never noticed that that was Baker Street, like throughout all, all these times, because I didn't know. Um Dave Ramsey loves that song apparently so much. So had to throw that in there. I'm just going to interpose Dave Ramsey into the, the playground. Right. Somehow in my head. It's going to be great. Um, I really love How Can You Mend a Broken Heart. Um, Al Green, is uh, that song's playing during Skylar's story, uh, which does not match with the story at all. At all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. Uh, and then Danny Elfman's score is like good. It's just not great. Like yeah. it's like it perfectly encapsulates the movie. It's just kind of, it's just right there underneath the surface uh, to support the film. It just doesn't overwhelm it. I was really surprised to see that he got uh, an Oscar nomination for this because it's not like some of the other ones that are just kind of like this loud and boisterous. And like, if you played it for me, I would probably be able to pick it out, but not a lot of people would, you know. So yeah, yeah it's very understated. Yeah. All right, we're we're at the good stuff. 
the good stuff. Oh, and there's some good stuff. <laughs> Spiritual metaphors and illustrations. I kept myself to three. Okay. Okay. I toned it down. <laughs> I wrote down more. And I'm like, no, no, we're diving too deep. So just three. Just three. Um, one, uh, how do we how do we define success? Like, mm, what does that really mm-hmm. look like? What what's really important in life? And and Sean and, and Gerald and Lambeau have this is their juxtaposition. Like this is their argument that you've been talking about with Will this whole time. And it really comes to a head when Sean finally just like lets he's like, I didn't screw up. Like my yeah. life, it was a conscious choice. This is the life I wanted to live. Like yep. I didn't just mess up and end up here. Cause mm-hmm. Gerald looks down on him, like the whole movie, like, Oh, you haven't had any success and yep. all this stuff because he has the fields metal, the fields, the fields, metal, the fields, metal, <laughs> um, which by the way, had you ever even heard of the fields metal? No outside way. Of this no movie, way. Right. Uh-uh. We would have no, no idea what the fields metal was if not for Goodwill Hunting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just that, that argument that kind of persists through the whole thing, this, this difference between Sean and Lambeau is like, what, what is your life about? What do you want your life to be about? Cause Sean is like about people and about relationships and like, yep. staying, you know, taking care of his wife and doing all those things. And Lambeau's about his fields medal and hitting on college co-eds. Um, so yep. it's like just this, what, what, what defines success for you? What do you want your life to be about? Um, there's a really cool picture of that with those two. Um, and then I love, I love Sean's speech. His just getting on Will um, at the, on the park bench in the really, the, the scene that, like you said, is shot so well. But mm-hmm. he really points out the difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone, which is, right. is huge for us as believers. Like we need to know Jesus, mm-hmm. not just know about, we don't just need to know some facts and be able to list some things. We need to, to, to paraphrase from Sean, we need to know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel, not just right. what it looks like. Like we need to experience it. And that's what there's, there's a really cool Hebrew word called Yada, which almost sounds like Yoda. So it's always fun to talk about Yada because <laughs> that's what everyone in my church thinks. I said, did he say Yoda? No, I'm did not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I said Yada. But like, there's all these cool Hebrew words that like just mean like to know someone, like to really know someone in like a there's a reason why we say knowing someone biblically like that's a phrase for a reason um <laughs> it's actually from the bible like that's right. how deeply and intimately god wants to know us and not just oh here's some facts and here's the list of things i'm supposed to know um so that's a that's a cool short one that just kind of applies to that little scene um really well um then the biggest i mean will's whole journey and the, the idea of being loved like believing mm-hmm. that someone loves yep. you that someone cares about you um, cause this is this straight up lie of the enemy. Like right. we don't deserve to be loved. Nobody loves you. Like God could never love you. These people don't love you. And all these things that like break him down. Um, and they break us down. They're like, our enemy yeah. wants us to know that wants us to think this all the time. And yet we see it over and over repeatedly in the old Testament, especially the prophets, which is funny because the prophets spend so much time in the old Testament, like telling us all the things we did wrong. And they're right because we did. Like, here's how you screwed up and you're screwing up. But over and over again, they also say stuff like, but God's still faithful. And like, there's these these verses about like God telling us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And like, mm-hmm. knowing that we have this kind of love, that we are made for this, this is who we're supposed to be. And like, that's what Will has been missing. Like, that's where he's been broken is that he doesn't think anyone should love him. Right. And so coming around to that fact and, and understanding that is like the big, emotional climax of the movie where he finally gets to this like i i should have these things these people do care about me and they do love me and i am 
I am capable of being loved. And so that's, that's a huge one and huge for us. So. Right. And, and along those lines, that fear of failure, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Sean is always talking to him about it. Like, uh, Oh, that's a great way of going through life. Like you wouldn't, uh, that way you can never get to know anybody, you know? And, and then he kind of throws it back in Sean's face. Cause that's all he can do is like, Oh, are you ever going to get remarried? And it's like, I already was. And it's like, Oh, well, that's great, Sean. You know, it's, it comes from such a, um, a naive place and, and a place of never having loved anybody at all. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also like that, that, so that fear of failure feels like feeds into, um, just that, that, uh, attachment disorder and abandonment issues that he asked, you know, like, Oh, these people can never love me. Like he lets Chucky and some of those other guys in because, it's it's surface level it's friendship it's good like but even then as we mentioned like chucky kind of in the end kind of goes oh okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna poke and prod you you know for a long Mm -hmm. time he's like oh yeah like we have a good we have some laughs we have a few beers and then uh i we go home and i i hope you're not there the next day you know he finally speaks truth to him um as as he as he comes out uh to to say like you're better than this like and what are you doing hanging around here with us so um i I, and it and it kind of goes goes to show that uh some people don't come to christ or come to christ later due to the fact that they're that their heavenly uh or that their their earthly fathers or their earthly parents have messed them up so bad that they can't trust anybody like they like especially the way that we talk about god as the heavenly father right oh well if my earthly father did this like i don't need a heavenly father i've been out here taking care of myself on my own all this time you know kind of uh it kind of speaks to that same thing hey i've gotten this far in life without anybody else i don't need anybody else you know but he feels that need he's come that's why he he seeks the relationship with skylar like past the kind of the fling, the one night stand potential, you know, the Chucky and Morgan and all these other guys are out there for too. So it's like, it's that war with himself, you know, like knowing what's out there and knowing what he should be just like we would like when we were, before we were Christians, like we know that God's out there and he wants the best for us. It's just a matter of us repenting and, and accepting that, you know? All right. Uh, let's get on to uh, random thoughts or a little trivia that we picked up. Um, Tom, played by John Mighton mm-hmm. actually has a PhD in math legitimately. Nice. So I'm not sure if he was just there to like, he has like very few acting credits. Like he mostly just is, is a math dude apparently. So like, is he just there to make sure that the equations actually made sense? On everything? <laughs> like I, I can't tell you if they mean anything. Right. Um, it looks like he's playing dot to dot at one point. And I'm like, is right. this math? what is, what is going on here? I don't, I don't understand this. So. Tree structure. Yeah. Ooh, look at you. There's some now. There's some videos out there that if you really want to understand what that is, there's you can you can you can see what that's about. Um, what I found funny or what I found interesting was uh, that Damon was in his fifth year at Harvard at, at Harvard when he wrote this uh, or started writing this in his playwriting class. I didn't realize he was a Harvard man. Um, it's the so he uh, he he wrote it as a one act play and then when he he moved to um, uh, Hollywood and, and was hanging out with Affleck and uh, starring in movies. Like they started writing it together. So, nice. Um, I read something that they they actually wrote a fake love scene into the script at one point when they were shopping it, <laughs> just to know See who actually people, read it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like because they were just they felt like nobody was actually taking it serious or reading it. They're like, let's just put this in here. So if they mention it, we'll know if they actually read it or not. Right. So. Affleck was 25 and uh, Damon was 27 when uh, they uh, won for uh, best regional screenplay. So uh, Affleck is the uh, the youngest person to to uh, to have the best original screenplay and Damon's second youngest. So um, is this Robin Williams best movie? I just wrote the question down. Whew. I like Robin Williams. I do too, but I was trying to think of anything that I'm like, does anything actually top his performance in Goodwill Hunting? This is what he finally does win an Oscar for. Right. And this is only um, win. He gets some other nominations, but. I really love Hook. I'm just kidding. Oh, I do like Hook. It's I like Hook too, level, but I'm just, but... I'm just saying like, I wanted to make a, I mean, wait, make a there's, joke there's like, I mean, like, I like Mrs. Doubtfire. I like Hook. He's right. he's amazing as the genie in Aladdin. Like we could yep. rattle off some stuff where Robin Williams is really good. Uh, Dead Poets Society. Oh, he's just in it more. Escaped my thought. Process. Actually, he's probably in it just as much. Now, like I bet if we oh, did, if we if we clocked like how much time he's in it, he All might right. be. We're gonna put up a poll on on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> just to see. What do you got? Goodwill Hunting, Dead Poets Society. I'm just kidding. Uh, definitely Joseph, not just tell Troy which one you like better, and then yeah. we won't have to do our poll on Facebook. Patch Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, I kind of Jack. enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a crazy movie, and it is it a has weird an age movie. Well, because because you got some yeah. Bill Cosby in there that just doesn't set well anymore. <laughs> but Jumanji. My kids can't uh, stay in the old Jumanji, but they love the new one. Yeah. They're freaked out by the old one. I'm like, why? <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Uh, good Morning Vietnam's a pretty good one. That is a good one. That kind of bounces back and forth between like comedic and serious. Yeah. yeah. You're right. That might be. I'd probably have to, I mean, just me personally, I'd probably have to give the nod to Goodwill Hunting over Dead Poets Society. Yeah. But I wouldn't argue, like I wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't say, oh, that person's crazy. Yeah. Now, if they say death to Smoochie, as you mentioned, then yeah, we're going to have, <laughs> we're not going to be friends anymore. But. All right. Uh, Matt, da um, so when Damon was at Harvard, he um, he shared the, uh, the script with his uh, physics teacher because he was going to have the title character be a physics prodigy. And he discussed that with, um, with them. And they said, oh, no, 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 you don't want this guy to be a physics prodigy. Uh, he told them the premise didn't just ring true. So he suggested that the main character be a math prodigy instead. And so um, uh, that's who did all of the. So Daniel Kleitman is the professor of mathematics at MIT who provided advice on the story. So I thought that was pretty cool that he was like, I'm sure that like a lot of writers kind of connect with these types of people, but the fact that he was at Harvard doing this stuff and like hooking up with people at MIT to make sure that it was super authentic so that it rang true was, was cool. 
All right. Um, I've got a couple of little like uh, director um, things for here uh, for this one. Um, so it was originally optioned to Castle Rock Entertainment, which is Rob Reiner's um, production company. Uh, they did uh, Stand by Me and uh, Shawshank, and so which makes perfect sense because this is their their this movie would be like right in their wheelhouse, right? Um, and so Mel Gibson was attached to it as the director coming out of Braveheart. And then oh. they, it just kind of kept getting like in development and, and, and development and like Damon and Affleck were just like, Hey, we're getting too old. Like this is <laughs> like, we're supposed we're to play college age kids. Yeah. It's, and, and we're, we're, we're now like 27 and, and 25. Like this is getting harder and harder to, to sell, you know, which is funny cause they still look super young in it. Um, but he dropped out and then Michael Mann uh, wanted to, to direct, but he wanted to make Will and his friends car thieves and he didn't want Matt Damon for the lead role. And then like they were just like, no, like these guys want to do this. And so the producers at Miramax just parted ways and then they hooked up with Gus Van Sant. So I read I something. That's why it was interesting that two like big time directors were yeah. attached to it at one point in time. That somebody along the way wanted to kill off Chucky or something. I read that somewhere mm -hmm. and, and they mm -hmm. like hated Morgan. It, Morgan. It was Morgan. Was they wanted Morgan? to kill Morgan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not as bad then. I'm like, you can't yeah. kill Chucky. <laughs> um Chucky dies like Will's just coming back and, and slaughtering people left and right, right. And that's the end of the end of the movie is just him in jail. Like that's not you know Morgan. Yeah. They they beat some people up, but they don't have to go scorched earth like they would if Chucky died. So right. So there's some fun stuff with like how it got made, um, but this one just like made me laugh reading the oral history of uh, Goodwill Hunting. So Harvey Weinstein, um, of course, who's been in the news for lots of bad reasons um, as the head of Miramax at the time, uh, Damon said, "I sent Harvey a fax. They're trying to get the movie made." And so he scores um, the Rainmaker, which we're going to talk about here in our, or at least I'm going to talk about uh, in the uh, Matt Damon top five um, that we're going to do uh, next week. And he says, I sent to Harvey a fax that literally said, dear Harvey, I am the Rainmaker. And he called me and he was like, what does this mean? He thought that I was getting a lawyer or something. And I was like, no, man, I got the Coppola movie. So Francis Ford Coppola, who... Uh, famously was the director for Apocalypse Now and uh, The Godfather. Uh, it's a John Grisham movie. They cast me as the lead. And Harvey goes, the Grisham movie? Those things make a hundred million. So of course, like right after that, they're fast tracked. Like that's when Gibson starts getting attached and Robin Williams starts getting attached and, and everybody's like getting ready to make the movie, you know? So they want to, uh, they wanted to kind of get on the heels of, uh, a big movie like that so that they could uh i'm just gonna text you from time to time now and just be like i am the rainmaker <laughs> 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 almost like chocolate rain uh from uh, along came polly yeah yes what rain dance. Let it rain. Uh, <laughs> i'll just text you back i swallowed a bug i swallowed a bug uh, which is also from apocalypse now um i found out <laughs> It's from like a behind the scenes thing where Brando like literally is just like stops in the middle of like one of the interviews and goes, I swallowed a bug. <laughs> That's awesome. uh, all right. Easiest. Uh, whose movie is it? 
The Fields Medal. Oh. The Fields Medal. The Fields Medal. The Fields Medal. <laughs> um, I mean, it's Affleck and Damon. Like, like you want to give Sanad to Robin Williams because he finally wins an Oscar yeah. for this one. But I think that still gets overshadowed by Affleck and Damon becoming, you know, household names everywhere. Like, yeah. They wrote it. They starred in it. It's it's huge. Yeah. I saw some stuff that it was interesting, um, like that uh Affleck was worried that he was gonna be looked at as like Damon's dumb friend, like, like <laughs> similar to the movie, like uh afterwards. And I was like, I'm pretty sure nobody thought that, but you just chose poor movies, like you were just making whatever came your way, like reindeer games. <laughs> so so reindeer games will not be appearing in Troy. Yeah, reindeer games will not heard. be like unless we like switch at the last minute and say, "Hey, what are your 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 Uh-oh. five least favorite Affleck movies?" <laughs> All right. Well, let us know uh, what you think uh, about Goodwill Hunting. Uh, some of your favorite quotes, favorite scenes. Um, Maybe he had a good spiritual metaphor or illustration to go along with it at uh, the Phileo Podcast on our Facebook page or Phileo Podcast, all one word, all lowercase on Instagram, or shoot us an email at phileopodcast at gmail.com. Great job, buyers. Good brownies. Good brownies. Without the Chuck with Talkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have laughed that hard at that, oh, but that it was, was, that was, it was awesome. good. Uh, Let's try that again. Okay. All right, here we go. Without the talk with Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> you did the Troy, the overemphasizing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.